Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the show where me, John, my co-host, Jeff. That's me. We watch movies that you suggest to us, and we come back to you and tell you what we thought. And it's the holidays, so we watched a holiday movie. Now, before we get into this, I just want to take a second and apologize for what is almost certainly going to be offensive to someone. Oh, definitely. There's no way it won't be. This was offensive to me on several levels. Oh, yeah. So we watched Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. I was kind of hoping we could watch Kirk Cameron's Fireproof, where his religion or his marriage is saved by him being extra Jesus-y and he's like a fireman or something. But no, this is a different one. Yep. This is a weird, self-aggrandizing, masturbatory fantasy where Kirk Cameron is going to tell everyone why... His views on Christmas are the correct ones. That is absolutely correct. Now, the movie itself is How do pretty want, much bonkers. Do we want to go just dive right in? Or we, are we? No, I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna say real quick. Okay, go for it. Uh, it's it's kind of a weird movie. It's definitely worthy of being made fun of. I just want to make sure at the start that we're we're letting all of our listeners know. We are not just making fun of Christianity or Christmas. This is definitely making fun of the movie. Uh, sure. Yeah, this is absolutely. mostly just poking at Kirk Cameron. A lot of this is going to be poking at Kirk Cameron and the director, who I think plays the other main character of the movie. I, I want to say that's him. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You've got Kirk Cameron, who has... Uh, put himself in the hero role in this movie. Yeah. And then the been... director who has put himself as the like person who needs to be shown the light. Yeah. So they both have the main uh, two things here. But it feels like like this movie is Kirk Cameron's version of Grown Ups. Right. Like how Adam Sandler makes a movie and it's mostly just an excuse to go on vacation with his friends. Th that is very much the vibe I get. It's like this was a movie that was made because he wanted to throw a big party for all of his friends. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, you see all of the lists of who the stars are, and it's just a list of family names. There's like six last names. It looks like a registry of who lives in in a uh, like like a Mormon county or something. There's there's like seven or eight last names. Amish county. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Yeah. Where like everyone here is named Stoltzfoots for some reason. Yeah, the the whole cast is just no, we actually got our entire family together yeah, and, and then this family and then this family. It's not just the cast either. It's also the crew. Like yeah. you, you'll you'll notice right away that a lot of the I think it's just the crew's families is what they brought in to work on the movie. But yeah, like John was saying, before we cut to the music and before we start this thing, I just want people to know that that John and, and myself respect people of of religion. Yeah, we, any we, anything you want to worship or whatever, that's fine. If you want to celebrate Christmas or anything else for the holiday, do it. Yeah, John in particular, very theologically well-read. I've at least read the Bible. I, I work for a religious organization. I have a lot of respect for what I do. I, I, I But... Go, no, going in that on the other side of the music, we are going to be ripping into this, and what we are ripping into is "Saving Christmas" by Kirk Cameron. Yes. So, uh, so just to get that out of the way, a little disclaimer at the beginning here: we're going to be back after the music, just diving right into the steaming pile of Christmas that Kirk Cameron attempts to save.
Okay, folks, we are back. We are getting right into it, right into Saving Christmas with Ernest P. Worrell. So I guess we should talk about uh, how this movie starts, which is two studio logos, one of which is Metro Goldwyn Mayer. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, No, sorry, it's not even Metro. It's Samuel Goldwyn Films. And then we cut to, uh, well, to Kirk Cameron's kind of house. Yeah, it is. It's weird that it starts out with, uh, like, just a, a shot of Kirk Cameron's like, hey, everyone, I love Christmas. Yeah, for for the first ten minutes of this movie, you aren't sure if it's a documentary or the introduction to a film. Like, I thought he was going to be playing the Crypt Keeper and introducing a series of, sto- of short stories about Christmas, or that he was going to show us a bunch of, like, slides about how... Uh, or he'd be like, come along with me as I walk you around my house and tell you about Christmas. Yeah, but it's neither of those. Instead, it's... Ten minutes of him just rattling off the things that he loves about Christmas. And and you get the basic conceit here. Yeah. When he's rattling off all the things and he's like, I love the trees and I love lights and I love presents and I love hot cocoa. I love turkey and fire and I love growing beards. <laughs> and I love growing pains. <laughs> but <laughs> all the time when he's sitting there talking about that, he then gets to the end and he's like, but some people, they don't like it. They want you to... Take your Christmas and keep it indoors where no one can see. But then you got people on the other side, and they they don't even want to have Christmas. They say, this isn't right. You can't do this. So he creates two types of straw men. Uh, he's only going to destroy one of them. Yes, he's, throughout the this is of the a film. movie made to preach to other Christians who are... Insufficiently Christmassy. Yeah, who That's... are looking at Christmas and going... Oh, but I know that this is basically just a pagan holiday that uh, Christians have co-opted, and now I don't like it. So he creates two different types of kind of enemies to shoot down, and one of them is people who want Christmas to, in his words, to tone it down a little, and they want to throw a wet blanket on it. They're like, hey, we don't really care what you're celebrating, just, you know, don't do it in public. That's his first straw man, and that's that's someone to boo against. Yeah, the first person who's like... Hey, man, if you're going to sing carols, sing carols in your own home. Don't do it out here. Yeah, don't, don't put a nativity scene in the town square, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the other type is people who want to spread weird conspiracy theories about Christmas. The sort of person who points out that a Christmas tree comes from paganism or that Jesus' birthday is not December 25th. Which is odd that he specifically puts this on other Christians because almost exclusively... Do I hear the like the pagan rituals? The uh, this is the wrong time of year. Winter the solstice festival. Yeah, the, all the, of the things where it's like this isn't what Christmas is about. We should be talking about Jesus instead of Santa. Most of that really comes from uh, outside of Christianity. From my experience, is that people are mostly going like, "Ah, oh, you Christians, you've you've got it all wrong. Why are you even doing this?" And you'll get a few. That are like, well, oh, we've lost the reason for the season. That's the but. thing. Normally, what you hear from actual Christians about Christmas is you guys are spending way too much money on presents and not enough on understanding the religion behind this or, you know, helping people. Oh, yeah. They they definitely get into commercialization. Yeah. There's- but the, the odd focus that this movie has on trying to take the, like, pagan symbolism and the celebrations and turn it into Christian is weird. Yeah, now I don't want to spend the whole time dryly picking this movie apart without telling a joke. So, just really quickly, here's a few things that Kirk Cameron claims are Christian things. Uh, growing beards, sitting near fires, 
and hot cocoa. And not only does he say that hot cocoa is a Christian thing, but then he goes on to say, this wasn't invented by any lousy druids. Well, he's right. It wasn't. It was invented by Aztecs, who are also not very Christian. Yeah. Man, that hot cocoa thing comes up all the time in this movie for some reason. Like, he is obsessed with hot cocoa. Yeah, he loves hot cocoa. He thinks it's like, I I don't understand this. I mean, I understand that winter and hot cocoa go together very well, but I've never thought of it as an exclusively Christmas drink. There's really only one exclusively Christmas drink, which is foul, disgusting eggnog. Yeah, that disgusting snot beverage that some people like to drink. This is one of the very few things in the world upon which John and I agree. Yeah, normally I love eggs, but as a food, not a drink. Yeah, and I dislike eggs in general, which keeps me away from eggnog. If you were to tell me you were just giving me spiced bourbon in milk, I'd be on board. <laughs> but for some reason, people need to thicken it up with egg goop, and, and you lose me. You just yeah, you lose need, me right you there. You need some uh, added viscosity for your rum. Hard pass. I always pass on anything that just adds viscosity. I don't need mayo, because you know what? I'm pretty good at sandwich swallowing. I don't need any help. Oh, I do. I've yeah. got that gag reflex, so anything that helps out with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell you how to get rid of it if you want. <laughs> it's real easy. Just follow these simple steps. So <laughs> There's about nine inches of them. <laughs> now, so he claims Christmas credit for all this stuff, and still, at this point, he's been talking for a good ten minutes, and I'm still going, is this a, is this a documentary? What's going to happen? Yeah, I still am not certain whether or not we're getting into an actual movie or just him, like dryly telling us things now he does mention right before we leave this section he also says that those wet blanket people who want you to celebrate christmas in your own house make it impossible for you to celebrate christmas on your own so you have to stop them Uh. so and then he cuts to two more studio logos yep we Uh, get that uh cam fam studios and then liberty university yep uh, films and then finally, we cut to a cartoon of the basic nativity structure story that is set to what I can only describe as third wave Christmas ska. Yeah, it is amazing. It started out, and I'm like, wow, I'm just waiting for like the baby Jesus to poke his head up and go, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, I just wanted some guy to pop up and go like, uh, you know, deridum, just something. <laughs> we, we did, it was... A little third wave Christmas gone. Lots of, lots of horns. Yeah, and it's it's some Christmas song. I, I honestly could not tell you which one. But uh, it, but then it's just it, thankfully it's all instrumental. There's no vocals to the stupid Christmas ska. No, that'll that'll come later. So now we go to the house, the house that's the setting of this movie, and we're gonna pan across the house for a while uh, while Kirk Cameron talks to us some more because he is not only in this movie, but he is also narrating the story of the movie as the movie takes place. Yeah, he is both the narrator. And hero of the story, so which uh, yeah, great. We pan across a giant, ridiculous super house with two side by sides inside industrial fridges in the kitchen. My God, this home is conspicuous consumption house. It is gigantic. You've got what is essentially like six full families just in here with still plenty of room, and just in the living room. They're all in one room in the house. And uh, he starts introducing characters and talking about how it's important. And there's ter- there's different types of people you see at Christmas. Another thing to mention, by the way, is the Christmas displays in this house were all clearly taken from like malls and large churches, because well, all all they have is like five foot tall nutcrackers, six foot tall reindeer statues. Well, when your house is 
gigantic. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to put a, a regular-sized tree and a regular-sized decoration, because then you're going to have a lot of empty space. I, that's true. That would make the house look even even more expensive. If they were like, here's a regular six-foot-tall Douglas fir, like, then you'd be like, wow, there's a lot of room in that house. So instead, here's a 30-foot-tall Christmas tree with ornaments your kids could fit in. Oh, yeah. This is actually straight up looks exactly like the Christmas tree that we used to have in the church I went to as a kid. And the reason it was that huge is it was a two-story church, so it had a balcony around the outside. So the tree was tall enough that it also went up to the second floor, and it had the same type of ornaments on that tree as this one does, which is sort of your generic, like, just white, uh, almost white looks like... White <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost looks like uh, like styrofoam, where it's just like, what do you have? Uh, I've got one that says, like, Enri. I've got one that's just a fish. We've got the Jesus fish. Yeah, so we we get to see some of the cast of characters at this time. Uh, the primary one we're going to see right now is the wife, who I don't even I don't think she even gets a name. She is she is Kirk Cameron's sister. She is Kirk Cameron's sister, according to the movie. Uh, she has the "May I speak to the manager" haircut and the "May I speak to the manager" look at all times. Yes, she is never anything but deeply concerned. She is always looking at everything as if someone has just said something she cannot believe. Yeah, she is incredulous. She is never not incredulous. Yeah, any shot of her, regardless of what the uh, situation is. So even when like Kirk Cameron's going. Oh man, this is a great party. We've got Uncle Bill in the Santa Claus outfit, and this is amazing. And she still just looks at him like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah, every single time. So that's all she's good for. So we, we he talks about her and how she's a good Christmas person because she's very materialistic and has decorated her house. and Look cooking, at all these people she's invited. Cooking a big feast, and look at all the presents she bought, and look how festive she is. Uh, and then we pan across the house. We get to see all the other people. But wait. There's certain types of people that don't celebrate Christmas right. You know, you've got this guy who's just here for the food. You've got these people who are here for the presents. But then you've got someone that just doesn't want to participate at all. And we go, we cut to the other main character of the movie, whose name is Christian. Of course, Christian doesn't want to celebrate Christmas like everyone else does. He wants to sit quietly in a different room and contemplate things. Yeah, like he's not, this is the weirdest thing. This is the weirdest thing about this movie for for miles. Christian, the, the ostensibly the main character and the primary convert character of the film, doesn't hate Christmas. He just isn't a big party guy. Yeah, the whole thing. He's like, uh, I just don't think we should be spending this much. We could use it on better things. And I he don't want to go out and celebrate. Wealthy. Oh yeah, he th- he owns this house. He is the husband. He is beyond wealthy. He is. He, he has spent way more on Christmas nonsense than the, uh, Tim Allen ever did in Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, like, this he has is already done insanity. That. Not a word of complaint from him. He's just being quiet about it. He's like, you know, I don't want to do this. I think it would be better if we did other stuff. But I'm going to go in the other room. I'm just going to sit here. And even then, when it cuts to him, we have uh, his friend DeAndre that he apparently works with mm-hmm. shows up. And oh, God, DeAndre. Like, DeAndre is, I know that they want him to be the cool guy. Yeah, because he's, first of all, he's the only black guy at the party. Yeah, he's he's the black guy, and he's going to show up, and he's like, hey, man, how's it going, man? We, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to take away, off oh, like, casual Crazy Shirt Friday. Crazy Shirt Friday, and that's a floor two thing, and I'm a floor four man. I don't want to know about what's going on floor two. I like floor four. And you're like, okay, I know that you're 
supposed to be written as like the cool hip guy who's going to come talk to Christian and man he is just as gay as the day is long yeah he man his introduction is weird because he pops in and first of all he's just like oh hey Christian and Christian just kind of looks up Christian isn't really trying to poo poo or shoot down Christmas he just goes oh hey DeAndre how are you doing yeah it's that's the weird thing about this and what I wanted to get to is when Christian is confronted with someone else he's not like bah humbug boo I don't like this he's just like hey man what's going on yeah and DeAndre you know in an attempt to make it even harder for Christian to be a normal person in in this situation can only respond in coded long Christian phrases <laughs> so when he's like hey DeAndre how you doing blessed by the Lord and loving life and living life to Jesus in every day in every way my brother you know how that is when the Jesus is the man and he's like, okay, but but how was work? Let me tell you right now that Jesus is the reason for the power, and work is the thing that I do for Jesus. He's like, okay, but please answer a question in in a non thing that you learned earlier from a website. Huh. Just just once, please, please answer me as a human to another human. Please say words. <laughs> yeah, the, if you aren't uh, like Christian or Kirk Cameron in this man, you've got some weird speech things going on. Yeah, and, and John is nowhere for, uh, miles from wrong in that DeAndre reads as gay to anyone who was not a born-again Christian. Oh, yeah. The he, way he, like, whatever they wrote for him or however they directed him to act, I'm like, that guy is, he's very gay. Like, that's just, that's just what it well, is. That's the thing. If we were watching a movie by anyone else, like, if this wasn't made by Liberty University, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's, this is a parody of, of uh, hardcore Christian life. And this is the gay guy who is who is using Christianity to hide the fact that he's gay from himself. Yeah, that's that's the only way he reads. Yeah, like I, maybe that makes me a cynical jerk, I guess. But maybe. But, but the coding is so strong where you're just like, oh, I know this character. Well, this is I mean, the- even just the way he acts and talks is basically like he's Titus. Yes, given Christianity. So anyway, he just goes off into this weird somehow. Bizarrely fruity yet still conservative rant about how he doesn't want things in his work life to change. Yeah, he's like, oh, as soon as they come for Fridays, they're going to come for Mondays, and then they're going to come with Thursdays, and all that's going to leave us is Wednesdays, and I don't like Wednesdays. Yeah, and and you know this is a boring, annoying conversation. So Christian is tuning him out because Christian was in a bad mood. Yeah, and so, Christian's just sitting there, kind of going like, uh, and uh, staring off into the middle distance. Well, DeAndre, the actor playing him, has to run through a routine of you know doing very. Like you were saying, Titus Andromedon nonsense, where he's just like, like, yeah, shaking his hands around. I swear he gives the blowjob motion in the middle of the presentation, <laughs> and then when later on in the in the uh, bloopers, in in the in the sweet bloops, you get to see that he's actually doing a fight the power hand. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna march on them, and we're gonna get our power back. But it looks like he's doing the jerk off into my own mouth motion. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just a shared motion between two different communities. The community that uh, this these folks run in and the one that I do. Yeah, maybe. The one, the one where sometimes you jerk someone off into your mouth. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so at the end, DeAndre looks at him and goes, man, are you even listening to me? Whatever. I'm going to go get some cocoa. And just stomps off. Yeah. And at this point, Kurt Christian, Cameron, Christian's like, okay, you know what? I have had enough of this. Like, I tried to even be friendly to people while I didn't want to be here. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go into the car. I'm going to read out in the car while the party's happening. I won't bother anyone by doing this. Yeah, he's just going to be quiet. He doesn't even say, like, oh, I'm going to get out of here. He just leaves quietly. Yeah, most people don't even know where he went. In fact, no one knows where he went because Kirk Cameron uh, congratulates and lauds himself for guessing where he went. He was like, if this was a movie, he'd probably be out in the car, and that's where our hero would go to look first. 
And it turns out that's where he is. Yeah. But first, Kirk Cameron has to go talk to the wife to, to establish that there even is a problem. Oh, yeah. So he comes over to the wife, who looks at him incredulously, and he's like, hey, I see Uncle Bill is playing Santa. Has he found a job yet? Oh, Rem- yeah. Remember that? He, the part where he's like, has he found a job? Oh, no. It's been very Oh, that's sad. why we hired him for this. Oh, okay. All right, well. No mention of anything. Yeah, he's, he, oh, he does. He goes, well, Jesus will provide. <laughs> Fuck you, Kirk Cameron. You're this guy's brother-in-law. You provide. Also, you're playing yourself in this movie. Good Lord, the amount of money that is thrown around in this house. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're just giving him some cash to play Santa. And then that's it. Yeah. Like, good job. You did it. Oh, it, the conspicuous consumption in this movie. I thought I knew. <laughs> I thought I, I have no idea how born again Christians are supposed to function. If this is if this movie is any kind of an indication. No, I mean, well, this is mostly just. Like I had said at the beginning, a self-aggrandizing project for Kirk Cameron. Yeah, so it's Kirk Cameron. I'm sorry. I'll stay on target. Yeah, this Kirk is, Cameron is the jerk. Yeah, this is Kirk Cameron's idea of what Christmas is. Yeah, and so, he's he's one of those people that has been rich so long that he's lost the ability to understand that not everyone can have a giant tree and tons of presents and lights and food and everything else. Yeah, he's probably like, oh no, Uncle Bill can't find a job? Well, I guess he'll just live off his growing pains residuals. <laughs> Gosh, he must only have a house with, like, two stories. Yeah. So he talks to the to the wife character and establishes that uh, uh, Christian doesn't really like Christmas that much this year. This year, he seems sad and, and depressed about Christmas. Normally, he loves Christmas. Uh. And then we get to watch Kirk Cameron go find him in the car and... He, he delivers, uh, this is Christian, delivers an impassioned rant when prompted by Kirk Cameron, and he covers the bases of everything, every complaint you've ever heard about Christianity, or yeah. not Christianity, about Christmas. Oh, Jesus' birthday is nowhere around here. Oh, Christmas trees aren't really a Christian symbol. They're not mentioned in the Bible. Oh, we shouldn't be spending money on presents. And he goes through a huge long list. Nativity scenes are stupid. They don't really seem realistic. Blah, well, no, blah, blah. It's, it's the... Nativity scene is pushed into the corner. It's just a snow globe. That's right. Meanwhile, we've got Santa front and center and all the presents, and we've really become materialistic, and we've lost what Christmas is all about. Yeah, he makes all this. uh, To an untrained eye, to someone like a a spiritual person would still be like, oh, okay, I can see where you're coming from with this. You're saying that this family is spending far the fuck too much money on themselves. Yeah, and he even says, he's like, Look at all this. Look at the lights and the and the decorations we have. Do you know how many people we could feed or how many wells we could dig for villages with this money? And Kirk Cameron's like, yeah, but that's all well and good. Anyway, you're an idiot, and so, here's why I'm right. So here's Kirk Cameron at this point has to tell a couple of stories because we only have time for a few vignettes about how everything is Christian. So he has to pick and choose. So he goes, all right, so materialism. We'll get that near the end because it's the stupidest story there is. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, let's see. What what other things did you complain about? Let's uh, start with the nativity. Nativity, sure. I want you to start with that snow globe. And let's close those eyes, buddies. Let's let's really imagine it. Let's imagine Jesus and he's he's out in a, in a cave and oh man, it's cold and this is this is where animals feed from and oh, there's Mary and Joseph and like he starts it off with Forget the white skin and everything else from that oh, snow that was, globe. That was and hilarious. then Mary and Joseph immediately are shown as white people. You hear that, forget the white skin, and you're like, oh, oh, interesting. So this movie's going to start by telling American Christians that Jesus wasn't white. That's an interesting thing to do. That's a weird tack for Kirk Cameron to take. Yeah, I mean, so, it's true, but yeah, it's so, weird that you would start with that so, with someone like Kirk Cameron. So he starts with, forget the white skin, and then 
But here, let's look at Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And everybody is stark white. And here comes some wise men. And they're literally white as sheets. <laughs> it all, is all three of them. Amazing. But one of them has a mustache, so you know he's ethnic in some way. Yeah. The- <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> the fact that he... Why did he even call attention to it? Why is it in the script? The weird thing to me is that this story of the nativity is basically a weird like attempt to get him to look at something aside from what his complaint was. His complaint about the whole nativity in a snow globe thing was uh why one isn't it, why isn't it front and center? Yeah, it's wh- the core. Yeah, why isn't this what we're actually looking at? And two, uh why would it be in December that actually wouldn't be given everything we've heard from what was going on in the Bible. Right. This probably would have been taking place in spring. Yeah. And the the whole thing that he's saying here is then diverted to him going Man, just think about how scary it would be to be Jesus with all of Herod's soldiers hunting you. And man, the the wise men, they brought frankincense and myrrh. Those are burial spices. Why would they bring that? Because Jesus was going to die. Think about that next time you look at the snow globe. And I'm like, so basically he passions the prop, the, the situation. He passion plays the situation. He goes, he goes, uh, oh, you, you don't like snow globes? Well, Jesus had it so hard. So don't you feel like a piece of shit for saying even anything? Yeah. The odd thing to me is he's like, man, think about it like this. That's how everything really was. It was terrible and they were scared and they were in like the worst place possible. And man, they kept going. And the reason they did is. He was born to die, and that's why we we celebrate Christmas. And you go, okay, but you did not answer (laughs) any of his concerns. And I could. I could even come up with a bullshit answer there. I could say, so the snow globe, the globe represents the power of of God's love, keeping them safe from Herod's soldiers and the cold of the world and, and the disease from the animals. That snow globe represents pure theology and power in action. But he doesn't do that. He just kind of says, like, bad shit was happening, and Jesus had it bad. Man... Every single one of his stories, but especially this one, pretty much tells like someone's uh, Sunday school lesson. Yeah. Where every answer to the Sunday school lesson was because Jesus loved us and died on the cross. Like that is every answer. I know. And I feel like, again, we're going to. Is there a way to review this without veering into making fun of. It's, it's, it's just mostly him. just the fact that he's like, hey, man, uh, I, I feel like maybe we should be focused more on Jesus. And he's like, well, did you know Jesus died for your sins? And he's like, yeah, that had nothing to do with what I just said. And also, it was my argument in the first place. That, like, I know. I know that that's, he had everything rough, and it sucked, and he died for us. That's why I would like to focus on him more, please. But no, we're just going to get him going like, don't you feel bad that you even tried to say something about Christmas that wasn't what I wanted you to? That's the thing, is that this is all about what Kirk Cameron loves. And Kirk Cameron thinks that Christmas is materialistic on purpose, and that that's the whole core ideal of it. Yeah, which we'll, we'll find out later... With his other things, the uh, the second one we get into though. No, is... no. Before we get to the second one, oh, that's the interlude. Oh my God, that's right. We cut back to the party. So we cut back to the party, and there's people, and they're having a good time, and there's an old man drinking by himself in another room. But I guess Kirk Cameron doesn't need to make him go back to the main room, so he's okay. And then DeAndre comes up to some other guy who kind of looks like he probably was playing that Christmas ska music at the beginning. DeAndre sits down with him and asks him if he knew about the whole Crazy Shirt Friday thing, trying to get someone else engaged in that conversation. But this guy is, like, worse than DeAndre. Like, DeAndre at first was like, I'm going to go to Christian. Our energies aren't matching because my energy is way too high and weird. I'm going to go find someone else to try on. Oh, this guy's even weirder than me. Now I'm the freaked out one. 
Oh, yeah. Because this guy's like, oh, yeah, man, of course. Of course I'm 100% abreast of the situation with the Crazy Shirt Friday. They are trying to take everything away from us. Do you know what this means? Do you know what it means that Crazy Shirt Friday is being taken away? It's a war on Christmas. And then he goes, cups up. And the two of them block their mouths with their coffee cups. It's like someone might be trying to listen to us or read our lips. The government is always spying on us. You've heard about Area 51? What about Area 52, where they keep all of the Christmas trees and nativity scenes that they take down? This guy delivers what I can only describe as a Christian spoken word rap poem. Like, he is basically just doing a weird conspiracy theory slam poetry. Yes. And he starts by accusing the uh, the, gov- the American government of having an Area 52 where they, st- they store stolen nativity scenes that have been taken down from town squares. Then... He segues into saying that there's fluoride in water and that chemtrails are real. Yeah, he just basically spouts off every conspiracy theory in addition to all of the like weird war on Christmas conspiracies that you'd get. Like, okay, not only is everything being like the weather is being controlled by the government. Oh yeah, he goes harp array. Yeah. Yeah, he goes straight up into the harp. He does every Christmas conspiracy theory. It's insane. Yeah, and then also, in addition to that, he's like, and they're all doing this so that they can take away our Christmas. Okay, so he thinks that, that all conspiracy theories converge on the war on Christmas. Uh, DeAndre gets right into this and starts looking around conspiratorially and freaking out a little bit and so on. So, watching this, I okay, I, I don't know about John, but I was thinking, oh, okay, so this guy represents the logical, the, the illogical extreme. He's like the too crazy, like... Don't even worry about the like what's going to happen to this guy is DeAndre is going to basically say, man, don't even worry about people who are trying a war on Christmas because we have Christmas right here in our hearts and they can't hurt that and they can't even come into this house and do the war on Christmas. So all of us here together, we can have the love. We can have the Christmas. Well, that or he was going to do the same thing like he did with Christian where he's just like, man, you're weird. I'm leaving so that DeAndre would be like that middle voice of, man, you don't like Christmas enough. Man, you're too weird about Christmas. But instead what happens is when the guy's rap poetry is over, the scene ends. And that's the last we ever hear of this. We are never brought back to have another line from this guy. Yeah. It's just... He's a background character still, but we never hear from him again. No, we don't know if the movie believes any of this or it's trying to get you to go, oh, how silly, or go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. No idea. We, we don't know. We don't know where this movie comes down on, on chemtrails. We just have no idea. I mean, it's Kirk Cameron, so I like I kind of want to believe that he thinks this, but then I, I, I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, because I can't tell with him where it, where like earnestness ends and sarcasm begins. No. As, as a filmmaker and, and an actor and what a, a, a public figure, I have no idea because there are times where I've seen like him making arguments and he'll be like, well, if evolution's a thing, then where's the bulldog? And he'll hold up a picture of like a half cow, half dog, and he'll be like, where's this animal then? Explain that, people who think that linguistics is the same thing as evolution. Huh. So, so I don't know. I don't know if he's being serious or funny, but one thing's for sure. There's a spoken word conspiracy rap slam poem in this, in this movie. And it is given a... Like, front and center, uninterrupted time, and then that's it. Moving on. It's like a clip show suddenly breaks out. Yeah. So we go back to the car. Yeah. And so now Christian's like, okay, fine, sure. Nativity's great. That's going to be the easiest thing to try and get me on because I already want this holiday to be about Jesus anyway. Yeah. But what about the Christmas tree? That's That's a pagan thing. And, like, where in the Bible is there a Christmas tree? It's not. You can't say that. It's not in the Bible, so I won't believe it. And that's 
pretty much his rallying cry for all of his stuff is show me in the Bible where whatever exists. Yeah, man, the answer to this one is is so weird, and, and it starts with him him pointing out, okay, so Christmas trees, right? That's a pagan thing. That's the thing where where the druids and the pagans and, and the people from that time period would would have a fertility uh, ritual where they would bring out these trees and say, look at these trees, they're still green in the winter time. This is this is the uh, the promise of renewal in life and and so on. And he gives a speech about what pagan Christmas trees are. And Kirk Cameron's argument that no, that's not true is Christian. You are a devout born again Christian, right? Yeah, you've gone to like biblical school. You're you're very rich. You're not like a like a pagan theologist or anything, you don't know that much about gods, great. Okay, if that's true, name all the pagan gods associated with Christmas trees. I love that when he was like, look, it's a it's a pagan ritual. It's it's all about the winter solstice. And he goes, okay, what gods? Which gods? Yeah, like... Like, that's an argument. Like, oh, you can't personally name them? Then, it must, then I must be right. Yeah, if you can't name <laughs> pagan gods, then obviously you can't do anything. I kind of wanted him to be like, uh, Mithra... Baal, <laughs> and then Ahura Mazda. Here you go. <laughs> here's here's a list. Just because then he'd be like, "Well, those just sound like made up evil names to me. I think those are all just words for the devil." <laughs> then he gives what to me is the most tenuous connection to try and get the uh, Christmas tree to be something that is Christian. And this is the point where we realize that this movie isn't really like traditional Christ- Christmas rules. Instead, it's it's a list of ways that Kirk Cameron personally likes to rationalize things about Christmas. Yeah, this is just Kirk Cameron justifying what he already likes. So when he's talking about like, okay, why do we have a Christmas tree? Instead of being able to go, well, it's a fun tradition. I like the look of it. And, you know, it reminds me of whatever. Yeah, Instead, he- he's like, well, don't you know that in God's temple they had trees? And you're like, oh, come the fuck on. Like, you're going to start talking about how, like, oh, well, lights. Lights are a thing that God likes. And uh, the cross, the cross was made of wood. You know where wood comes from? Trees. You're like, really? This is the argument you're taking? Yeah, it's weird. It's it's real weird. I mean, the problem is, I went to, I went to uh, Sunday school when I was a kid. And no one ever bothered making this argument. They were like, why are there Christmas trees? Because it's fun. Yeah. That's usually enough for basically any Christian is even if you point out, hey, you know, uh, this is basically a pagan ritual that Christians have co-opted. They go, yeah, but it's now an actual Christian celebration. It doesn't matter if it used to be whatever. We're using it for it now. Yeah, and it's fun. And I, and I like buying presents for my kids. And this is this is a good time we're having. And, and I, don't, it, I, I don't really need to, I don't need an answer to this. It's, it's fine. It's a holiday f- festival in the same way that I'm not going to stop celebrating birthdays because it doesn't center around Jesus. I'm not going to stop this. Well, I mean, that depends on which sect of Christianity you're well, in. Yeah. <laughs> you got them Seventh-day Adventists you got to think <laughs> about there, buddy. But, but no, so, yeah, his answer is like, well, you got to go all the way back and think about Adam. Adam? Wow. He took the tree of knowledge and he ate a fruit from that. And you know, when you steal something, you've got to put it back. And also, yeah, that was the weirdest line, by the way, as well. It was like, like uh, you'd agree with me, right, that when you steal something, the rule is you have to go and put it back. That's how you make things right. That's how stealing works. Stealing is borrowing. <laughs> stealing, like, if you steal something, in order to not have stolen it, you need to put it back. I don't know. His whole, he had a huge chunk of argument that hinged on that being a truism. That when you steal something, you must put it back. Yeah. So no, like, no, you mustn't. That's it, stealing was already a sin. You might as well keep the thing. 
Yeah, so he's like, oh, you know, and Adam, he couldn't put that fruit back on the tree because he ate it, and now he was part of it. So we had to wait until Jesus came, and then he was Adam. He was the last Adam, and then he went up on a tree, and then he died, and it's like putting the fruit back. So anyway, that's why Christmas trees. Also, <laughs> he likes to say that, uh, that the Garden of Eden was a Christmas tree lot. Oh, yeah. He's like, imagine a Christmas tree lot. And his whole thing is just, imagine all the, the fruits and, and lights on there. and You know how God loves lights in his temple? Well, I'm sure he liked lights on a tree, too, right? Yeah, and so we cut back. And by the way, one of the things that's been going on with, uh, with Christian is that every time we, we finish one of these presentations on theology from, uh, from Kirk Cameron, he responds in the most amazed way that he possibly could. Oh, it's like his mind has been blown. It's... yeah. The, an actual person who has very uh, apparently given his belief and this holiday a lot of thought and done some research has apparently gotten to the point where he can get his mind blown by a third grade lesson on Jesus. Yeah, like it was the sort of lessons, Kirk Cameron's lessons are the sort of thing that I used to do when I was at Sunday school because I would win a candy bar. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the kind of lesson we're getting from him. But every time we cut back to Christian, he's like, Oh my God, I never thought of, because of, because of Adam and, and Jesus died on the cross for me, you say? And I'm like, dude, you are a very devout Christian. You've established this on a number of occasions. Why are you acting like you just heard the Jesus story? Yeah, he's just like, my God. You're acting like a Muslim character in a chick tract. <laughs> Moon God? Moon God? <laughs> Coming here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jesus. I'm gay. For you. No. <laughs> I don't just It's so weird. It should just be him kind of going, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, Kurt Cameron. I guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, you, if you he know. was subdued, like, you know, you make a, a decent point about that's, that. I, I guess I could, I could see it in that light. That's an interesting way of looking at things. He's always just like, oh, my God. What? Wow. I'm the bad guy. Yeah, He's he, like Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson all of a sudden. He's yeah. like, wow. wow. Jesus died for my sins. Wow. Yeah. So, they, unfortunately, we don't get another insane rap interlude here. No, it just stays in the car so for some we, reason. So now we have to switch from, uh, from cr- Christmas trees to Santa Claus. And again, we get a very cogent, very well-structured argument from Christian, which is that Christianity has, at some point, a- adopted Santa Claus, who... Is you know it's a saint, sure. For the, he's a Catholic saint, but he certainly isn't Jesus. And 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 but in his view, all Christmas long, all we talk about is this fat gift giving guy in a red suit. No one's talking about Jesus's birthday. And it's just not fair. And who is this guy? And what's it got to do with Christmas? Blah blah blah. Oh yeah. Well, it, you know, he even goes like, "Hey man, you know, how do you do things on Christmas morning?" He's like, "Well, I I wait and I make them stay at the top of the stairs." This and, is Kirk Cameron, by yeah, the way. And Cameron's like, "Oh, and they I." make them wait until I tell them they can come down when everything's prepared, and, and then they come down and they, they just tear into those presents and everything's great. And he's like, okay, yeah. So do they come down and go, oh my God, look what Santa brought me, or do they come down and go, oh man, I can't believe Jesus was born. They're all about Santa. And, it, and gifts. It, 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 he's, this is such a strong argument from Christian. And it's so it'd be such a good Christian viewpoint at this point to be like, you're right, man, maybe we do... Like us, not all of Christianity, but maybe us, us extremely super rich people who spend tens of thousands of dollars on Christmas each year could stand to go to a soup kitchen instead of doing what we're doing right now. We could feed people. We could help. We could spread the message. You know, that'd be a good viewpoint for him at this point. But instead, he's like, 
No, man. Santa wants you to give people presents, and Jesus wants Santa to want you to give people presents. He's and like, by people, I mean yourself. He's His whole thing is he's like, okay, I want you to picture Santa, but now I want you to picture him as a badass. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, and we cut to Uncle Bill in the, in the, in the house cracking his knuckles in ultra slow motion, which, by the way, this movie's a slim hour and 19. Yeah, and, and man, a lot it of it is just slow-mo. Slow yeah, it is... I'd say a good 50% of that is just slow-mo shots, especially of the wife. And the the fact that he's like, all right, now imagine a man who's who's kind of dirty, he's, he's, he's beaten down, he's, he's got long hair and a yeah. beard. Well, he even says, this is one of the lines I found egregious, was, don't picture that cartoon Santa like the world wants you to. Let's get something a little more Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. And even then, even when he's like, picture this guy, and it shows, you know... Dirty hobo Santa, and it's like this guy was so devout, and he was a bishop, and he was at the Nicene uh, Convention, the, yeah, and, the Council of Nicaea, and they that's where the Nicene Creed comes from, and oh man, he was definitely instrumental in making sure that that happened because there was some other guy who was a bishop, and he was going around telling people Jesus wasn't God, he was just a man, <laughs> so <laughs> so Saint Nick had to. Beat his ass. And that's what happens. We get, uh, does get more stomping around in the woods, and then he walks into what is very clearly an 18th century Transylvanian house. Yeah, he's like, uh, let me walk into this inn where travelers will be. Yeah, maybe I can pick up a tail or meet a bard who will sing me a, a, a song. Yeah. So he sits, and then he just sits down next to this other guy who, again, is a, another theologian of the day. He is a bishop of the day. Yeah, and he's he's got a different view on Christianity and what it means to have Jesus come down. And yeah. he's much more like, oh, he was just sort of a prophet than the actual son of God. Yeah. And the response that he has oh is he's God. like, man, St. Nick, he wasn't going to have that. So he smote him across the face. And but be, it's not just a punch. It's not a punch. He and straight up like WWE fights this guy. He, he grabs him. Well. First, he sits down at the table next to the guy and makes sure that the guy knows that he is a little shrimpy. And by the way, this is the first time we've seen an ethnic-looking guy, yeah. it, other than DeAndre in the film, because this guy looks like he's probably Middle Eastern of some capacity, this other bishop named Arius. Yeah. Uh, and so he looks like, a, and he's dressed that way. He's dressed in white and purple. He looks like he wants to sell Aladdin a, a, a lamp. He's, <laughs> that's, that's the way they wanted you to think of this guy. But then next to him sits this Aragorn-looking Brendan Fraser, who's twice his size, and what's Brendan Fraser's argument? Is it, oh, that's, you have a good view, or you have a, a, a viewpoint that I disagree with, sir. No, he just quotes that first line from Genesis. Yeah, he's just like, in the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was in God, and the Word was God. And you're like, okay. All right, and then he grabs the guy, drags him outside, and beats him senseless with a staff. Yeah, just messes this dude up. Like, fucking sucker punches him across the face, kicks him, throws him outside, beats him with a staff, and you're like, holy shit yeah and, and then, the the response from christian is holy shit santa's a badass not whoa that guy is fucking a maniac that is unhinged <laughs> that guy is definitely crazy so and then over it kirk cameron's talking while this guy beats him up and, and kirk cameron even goes yeah he might have been a little rough but he got the message across you know he was passionate about it he was the kind of defender of the faith that you want to be like really? Really? You want to beat people up? <laughs> like you're you're basically saying 
if someone has a different viewpoint about Christianity, you should kick their ass? I guess. And then it cuts in an attempt to connect this stupid Aragorn thug character that they've turned uh, St. Nicholas into. Uh, they, they, they cut back to him, and there's a woman saying, what do we want to do now? And he goes, bring forth a sleigh and presents. We're going to visit children. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. Oh and he's God. just like, he goes from being that dour badass into breaking into a big smile and being like, oh, let's see children. Ho, ho, ho. And, and what? Beat the shit out of them? What's going to happen? I don't... <laughs> uh. But, uh... It, it, well, the thing that doesn't get addressed after that, it cuts back and it's just Christian going, oh my God, Santa was the man. <laughs> I want to be the man. I want to beat up <laughs> Middle Eastern looking dudes. Uh. <laughs> and, but you know what doesn't get addressed is, okay, well then how come now Santa is a fat guy who hands out Xboxes? Yeah. What, what, where's the transition? Why isn't he still uh, venerated for beating people up? I mean, and, if that's the argument you're going to use to sell me on him, that he was a violent, crazy person, then how come we're not still celebrating those aspects of him that you respect? Yeah, all of his arguments for these things are, oh, well, you know, the nativity is super important. Okay, but why is it in the corner in just a snow globe? Shut up. Uh, what about the Christmas tree? Well, it's basically like a cross if you think about it. Okay, but why do I have a tree then? Shut up. Okay, but what about Santa? He's just some product of Coca-Cola. Yeah, but he was a badass. Okay, but why don't we sh have that as a thing? Shut up! That's <laughs> The whole movie is him just going, I like this. Let me tell you why I like this. Okay, you like it because it reminds you of something it isn't. Right. So at this point, he's fully converted Christian back to Christianity, which he never left because he was always a deep and devout Christian. He just kind of goes, oh my god, I'm that Middle Eastern guy in the story. I'm that guy. I'm I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the good guy. I'm the bad guy. This isn't good. Uh... Could you oh. go tell my wife I'm sorry? It was like, I can't go back in there now. Go tell him I have a rash. Tell him tell him I can't come in. I had to get had to get the, the, the nog shot because I ate bad nog. Okay. okay, great. So he has to wuss up just a little more. And then fucking gets a pep talk from Kirk Cameron of look, man, you could be the guy. If you go in there and you apologize and you embrace Christmas the way I think it should be. You could be the hero, as long as you have the same viewpoints I do. Yeah, that's... God, yeah. So that's what happens. We get a slow-motion shot of him opening the door to the house, and the light's right behind him, and he's got a big old halo. And then he does a, a body slide. Flying dive tackle into presence. Yes, he goes flying into presence and bonks his head into one of them. And that is a point where we pause the movie again, so Kirk Cameron can explain to us that Christmas presents are a good thing, because they look like a skyline. Look at the presents. The box is laid out like that. It looks like the skyline. The skyline of a new Jerusalem in heaven. You're like... What? What? And then there's that tree behind the presence. That's the tree of life. And at the top, the biggest light on the tree, that's God. And the smaller lights, those are angels. He's like, what? what? Huh? This is like, I mean, I hate to say this because this is, again, I don't know if this whole thing about like, oh, the, the presents are supposed to look like a new Jerusalem when they're under the tree. I don't know if that's true or not. I that is 100% something I have never heard before. And you grew, you went to, uh, to Christian school all oh, the yeah, way through my, your childhood. My dad is a pastor, and that has never been mentioned. So I, I don't know. So I don't want to be offensive when I'm like, that sounds crazy. But the way it reads, what I'm hearing it is, that's the same way that people say that Comet Pizza has a child porn ring in it, because if you abbreviate it, it's CP. Yeah. That's, that's the sort of thing I get when you're like, well, presents are square, so they look like buildings, and buildings... 
It's it's like one of those it's scenes Batman where Batman's from yeah. the sixties. Wait, straws? Straws are something you can drink from. They're also a place where animals sleep. Animals. Animals include ungulates. Ungulates include goats. Goats. Yeah. Goats are a thing that you can get when you're annoying to someone. The Riddler. Yeah, the whole thing is just this weird convoluted path where he's like, let me tell you why my consumerism is actually great. And the problem with that, in addition to him being like, oh yeah, man, I love buying presents, which... Sure, you can love buying people presents. That's a fun thing you can do. However, when you turn it into you have to have presents that look like a city skyline that is the New Jerusalem, because that's the whole point, it makes it so that people who are poor and can't do that are like, well, looks like you're a bad Christian. Also, like, what if, what if you happen to wrap up a bowling ball in tissue paper as your present for the year? <laughs> like, so, you know, it's it doesn't look like a building. It looks like a giant mint in silhouette. No, nah, man, what it looks like is it's a big round thing, so it's uh, it's like Epcot Center. Uh, <laughs> the New Jerusalem's got one of them Epcots. <laughs> yeah, of course New Jerusalem oh, has an Epcot. And, and don't you fucking buy any bags, because Christmas bags don't look like shit. <laughs> hey, man, if you're down below, then sure, they look square. Why not? <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a weird thing to suddenly bring up at the end. And then, okay, so at this point, we just get his massive conversion scene. Like, he takes a million pictures with Santa. He smiles at everyone. He, he, he shakes DeAndre's hand. He asks a little boy if it's too late. He orders that boy to buy the largest <laughs> Christmas goose. He, so he, he goes to his wife. Oh, my God, that scene was gross. When he walks in. Uh, we see the kitchen, and up until this point, we hadn't really seen everything. We'd sort of seen, like, one of those kitchen islands with a bunch of food on it. You see that serving end of a, of a good kitchen, that, that that end where you can stand behind it and be working in the kitchen but still be serving your guests. But when he walks in and we see he has what is essentially a wall of fridges. His kitchen is the size of my house. And it's just, like, a giant area between there. Yeah. Like... The space between where the fridge ends and where the island begins is like thirty feet. Yes. It's insane. Yeah, it looks like he it looks like he took a an entire school and converted it into a kitchen that has a giant wall of fridges and like a little cooking island in the middle there. That so there's just this vast. It's like a dance floor. Between, oh yeah, be, between the areas of the kitchen. So he walks in and oh my god, this scene takes seven of the hundred and nineteen minutes that this movie is long. <laughs> Slow motion shot of him walking towards his wife. His wife looking at him all side-eyed because she is incredulous that something weird is happening and she hasn't liked him anyway. My God, the amount of slow-mo incredulity from the wife is most of this scene because it's, he'll be like, hey, I've been a real jerk. Cut back to wife. Slow-mo look weird at him. Yeah. Yeah, you have been. And you're like, you are drawing this the fuck out. You huge jerk, buying all this shit that we're using for this giant party and then sitting quietly. How dare you not just get into every holiday spirit and only spend thousands of dollars and allow me to do whatever I want. Anyway, he's like, I I, uh, I think I got things wrong. Slow, incredulous look. Yeah, you did. And well, it gets to the point where eventually he's like, you know... You'd probably be thinking that at this point, well, I'd go in for the kiss. Well, hang on, because the reason he goes in for the kiss is him saying, I feel like I need to do something amazing for you to make up for all these things that I've done. And her response is, what do you have in mind, Big Papa? <laughs> oh, Big Papa. Hey, Big Papa, what do you have in mind? You want, 
You want to go ahead and just Chris, uh, fuck me Christian style on the floor of our, on the dance huh? floor between our blender and our fridge? And he was like, you know, I love it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> Big Papa, she says to him, after he says, I feel like I have to do something ultra special for you to make up for how I wasn't a good Christian a few minutes ago, as if it was his fault that it directly affected her. She should just be happy that he had the conversion. Yeah. It, like, the fact that he comes up and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm into Christmas now, and she's still like, well, that's not enough. Like, what the fuck? What? Hang on. You should be super joyous. But this no. is the exact moment for you to go, oh, bless bless Jesus. and Oh, blessed be. Let's all be happy about <laughs> Blessed be. I, mo- I moot that this would happen. <laughs> uh, because you didn't like Christmas, I became a Wiccan. <laughs> I sold my Christianity. I <laughs> wanted to live deliciously. <laughs> It's the gift of the Magi. <laughs> Sorry, I am now the vitch. <laughs> I sold my Christianity to buy you this bag of chicken bones and pennyroyal oil. <laughs> oh no, I sold all my candomblé supplies to buy you this Bible. <laughs> uh, so, so his response is, oh no, I'm not going to kiss you like you'd normally see in one of these. Instead, I've got a hip-hop Christian dance troupe to celebrate the joy I feel in my heart. Yeah. Hey, DeAndre, oh, and give then, us one of them tracks. And then DeAndre leans over and again has a line that's like just too long. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, my Christian brother, because the, Jesus is the power and the power is in us and we are in the power and we are in Jesus. And Jesus is at the store and we're going to the store to shop for more Jesus. And he just goes on. And then he finally goes, I got just the track you need. It's a it's a wonderful hip hop track by a band called Faith Force 5, because I guess in order to be willing to be in this movie, they had to have like a, a spoken intro. Yeah. Faith Force 5, and they're going to put down a track of hip hop trackity track that's important for you to get, hear this track for the Jesus of the power. And you're like, it's a choreographed routine. There's no way you're selecting that track now. It was selected. That's what choreography is. Yeah. Unless unless this this dance that they did would work to any song. Also, it would. I mean, it would. You know, that's fine because this is just the worst dance ever. But I I don't know. Maybe maybe this is peak season for them. So how are you getting on such short notice? Hey. Christian hip hop dance troupe to show up at your party. Well, again, it's because Kirk Cameron knew this would happen. He knew when he went there that that his his goofus brother would would uh, be insufficiently materialistic. So Kirk Cameron took care of this part. He spent a ton of money he could have used to help his uncle Bill find a job uh, on hiring a hip hop dance group to show up for a night on the on the fairly good chance that he would be able to convince Christian to be slightly more Christian. Yeah. That's that's what this was. That's that's why there's yet more conspicuous consumption here. Uh, so they show up and they do the sort of dance that you would teach old people to do in an afternoon at a senior center. Yeah, this is like a YMCA instructor is teaching like some old people how to break dance, which is mostly just them moving their arms and occasionally stepping back or forth. Yeah, they're doing the electric slide with their feet, and with their hands, they're doing that dance routine from Napoleon Dynamite. Not the one that's famous, but the one that he does in class where he does like a hand gesture where it's a bird. It's a dance that is mostly spinning, and not like spinning quickly or doing anything, just like turning around, Mm -hmm. walking back and forth, and moving your hands in what looks like a gross approximation of, I think I might know some sign language. Yes. And, uh, oh boy. Uh, we get to watch Christian take a million pictures with Santa and everyone in the house, and then we watch everyone else participate in that dance party group, including Christian himself having to do some breaking dancing. 
Yeah. And the part where his wife, because there wasn't enough slow motion incredulity in this movie yet, even though she's already on board, when she walks in to dance, it's more slow motion and more her looking like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because he's like, come on, honey, you got to join me. All right, well, it's time for me to look incredulous and walk slowly over there. And then she gets over there, and we were really hoping that she would actually, you know, be a dancer. But no, she just sort of steps back and forth a little bit. after She, she white girl dances. Slow motion, taking her shoes off. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, uh, 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 and then uh. and then we just see shots of everyone else in the party dancing. There's Kirk Cameron dancing. He's doing the worm. Look, there's DeAndre. He's dancing. De- DeAndre is doing the dance of, oh God, I need to find a boyfriend. Where's the nearest truck stop? <laughs> the movie then ends on what is a giant table full of food. Oh God! And, oh God! And oh, God, the oh, final God. narration. God, the last narration from Kirk Cameron, where he's like, "Go forth." Buy the most expensive ham. Get your best plates. Those plates aren't good enough. Buy better plates. And buy better silverware. The finest silverware. The best plates. The richest butter. (laughs) Go out and invite everyone you know into your house and feed them and, and give them presents. Buy so many presents. So many presents. More presents. It's not Christmas if you don't spend a ton of money. The best glasses. Better glasses than that. Oh my god, you need everything, every boy, every boy in the whole world! Are your guests sitting at two tables pushed together? Not good enough, buy a bigger table! Yeah, the whole thing is just him being like, you know what, Jesus was material, so he wants you to get a material item. That's right, that is literally the argument he makes. Jesus was material, so therefore it's a good idea for Christmas to be materialistic. That is a quote. Yep, that is 100% what he actually says. And it is kind of disgusting to me, as someone who grew up Christian, I'm like, good God, the blatant need to hide your consumerism behind Christianity is fairly disgusting. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is inter- is eternally immaterial, therefore don't have it a bunch of material Christmas crap. No, hey, he's, look, I made he's the same eternally Im- immaterial, which means you also need to sing carols, which aren't material. That's how I get around that but don't sing carols buy dvds of them no i'm sorry blu-rays buy a blu-ray player buy five buy six you've got 12 tvs in your house right i do buy more dvds and blu-rays i'm kirk cameron and i rap the raps i'm kirk cameron i'm here to say i like to consume in a materialistic way oh my gosh uh and then we cut to the old man i mentioned very briefly at the beginning of the podcast who was sitting and drinking alone And he continues to sit and drink alone, and he says, that's why I go to parties like these. That's the coda. That's the end of the movie. A character that we never really saw uh, from front before, we've only ever seen him briefly in panning shots, has a a line about how this, this is the reason he always goes to these, and we don't know what the reason is. Well, the reason is because these motherfuckers spend thousands of dollars. You know why I go to this party? Have you seen the food and presents they give out? I would out? love to see fucking Uncle Bill like shove an entire ham into his Santa suit. Like, right? oh, well, this is going to keep me busy while I keep looking for gas like, station well, jobs. Looks like I get to work uh, on, a, on some food now. Uh, eat this food. Mines have closed down, of course. <laughs> no jobs, of course, but I'll be eating on this ham for a while. I'll ration that out. That, is, I, that, that sequence with him was one of the weirder things in the movie to me because Kirk Cameron's whole thing is, has he found a job yet? No. Oh. Jesus will provide. Anyway, how's that brother of yours? Is he sufficiently Christian? Is he is he all into Christmas? It's like priorities, Cameron. Go help that guy. The 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 sad sack dressed as Santa is the one who needs help. Yeah. Uh 
as as someone who has an an uncle Bill who is unemployed as well, I'm like, man, that really just hits for me. <laughs> oh man! So there you go. I guess that's there we, is Kirk Cameron. He saved Christmas. He did it. I hated this. This was. I've never been so angry. Like I've been bored. <laughs> I've I've been grumpy when I've watched a movie, but I've never been so just angry. And it's not. Well, and again, it's not that I'm angry at born again Christianity. It's got nothing to do with it. I'm angry at these disingenuous arguments that just Kirk Cameron is making. Yes. Now let's let's go ahead and get to our our best and worst. Can you give me something in this movie as the best? What yeah, is the of best course. thing for this? Of course, there's a best in this movie. The spoken word, the insane <laughs> spoken word rap poem. <laughs> I, there's no way it's not the best. It is absolutely the best thing about the movie. It is completely out there. If it had been in a Tim and Eric sketch. It would have made more sense. Oh yeah, the and honestly, I think I'm gonna go with of things in this movie that were actually okay. I'd say the uh, the story that has like the lesson for uh, the nativity is good because yeah, it tells you things about the nativity that people often don't think about. Yeah, it it would have been a cave. It wouldn't have been like a barn. Yeah, there's a bunch of soldiers out looking for them. That's kind of a those are all kind of neat points that, regardless of what you believe in, make make the story a little more flavorful. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, that like one a, line where he's like, "Also, they probably weren't white, but don't worry, the actors playing them are." Yeah. the The thing for me is when I said that a lot of his lessons are like third grade stuff you'd get in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. It's true, but those lessons are also very simple ways to get a point across to people, and so it's not like. In and of themselves, they were bad. It was just sort of in the fact that they were very self-serving is the problem I have. So the actual lesson about the nativity was well done for the story of it. Yeah. It just never addressed the problem that the character had. Yeah, there's some weird stuff. There's a point in this movie where uh, Kirk Cameron eye rolls at something that, uh, that that Christian says because it's just too ridiculous, which is, think about it, man. If you rearrange Santa, it spells Satan. Think about that. Yeah, think about it. And then Kirk Cameron's like audible, like super uh, brother style eye roll. And it's like, but wait a minute. All you've been doing all the way through this is making those logical leap arguments. <laughs> but fruits are just like lights and lights represent the divinity. And it's like, well, no, you, that fruits aren't like lights. What do you what? Don't worry about it. It's cool. <laughs> if you rearrange the letters in fruit, you get if uh, true. Think and about if that. true, and if true, then Jesus. <laughs> If true, then go to 10. <laughs> Rut if. <laughs> Rut if. <laughs> so, so anyway, there you go. But uh, by all so, means. So there you go. I'll take that. That story was decent. It was a well done construction of trying to explain the nativity. Sure. So give me give me the low end. What do you got? What do you got low end wise? Give me one thing. Uh, Just Brent, one. Yeah. No, I've got it. Brendan Fraser's performance. Really? That's what you're going to go with for the low point? I, I expect way more from Brendan Fraser than what I get. <laughs> and there's a lot of things about this movie that are horrible, but most of them require me to go like, oh, that connects to this, which is horrible, which connects to that, which is horrible. But Brendan Fraser's performance is, oh, Santa was a crazy badass because he beat up a Middle Eastern guy. <laughs> Don't you like Santa now? That's yeah. that's the argument that he's he's there to make. Okay. Yeah, that is the dumbest thing. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, what was yours? Uh, I'm going with the last narration. Because... You're also going with the Santa one. Oh no, the final no, the narration. last narration. Because yeah. when he straight up says that basically consumerism is the reason for the season, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
holy shit, you have gone past justification for what you're trying to do and missed it entirely. Let me just ask you this, John, and this is, you don't have to answer this question because we're going personal here. What would, you said you had a pastor for a dad. Yep. If your father, the pastor, heard that last narration, what would his viewpoint be? I'm I'm almost certain that if I showed this to my dad, he'd be like, oh, that's neat, because most of the stories are like lessons you'd use in a sermon. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, here, let me give you a little like sermon lesson, and it's got to be very easy to grasp and succinct and tell a story, and then you use that as a jumping off point to do your sermon. Sure. Like, that's what a ton of it is. And that's fair, and I can see that, because I've only met your dad one time, and, and he seemed like a, he didn't seem like a fire and brimstone style preacher to me. He seemed no, like a he's pretty definitely the dude. type that uses, like, jokes for his uh, sermon lessons. Yeah, but just that last narration. The, but as soon as it gets to the point... Go buy stuff. Basically, once it hits that present one, where he's like, and the presents look like a new Jerusalem, we'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, my dad would be like, man, this is... This is some garbage at the end there. <laughs> but just that narration where he's like, go buy things. Buy big things. Jesus was material. Buy materials. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, oh, man, that is, whoo, that is bad. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So he'd never get angry at it. He, the most he'd just be like bemusedly grumpy about he, it. He, no, he would be like, oh, God, why would you do that? <laughs> why are you showing me this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm all for putting the Christ back in Christmas, but... Man, this is really putting like the consumerism back in Christmas is don't, what this is about. Don't you got any war movies or nothing? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm trying to watch golf here. <laughs> you should totally do that. You should you should saving Christmas bomb your family this year. Yeah, that's that's the new thing. Every, everyone needs to saving Christmas their family is the new prank to pull. Everyone's gonna put YouTube uh, videos up of everyone saving Christmas oh, their family. I'm gonna so do that. My parents always watch a Christmas story every Christmas, and we're gonna fix that little problem. <laughs> Look, I'm saving a Christmas story <laughs> for later. But first, but first, we're gonna watch Saving Christmas. And I, I feel like my mom would make it about four minutes in. Oh, they! I don't think they would make it through the beginning. Kirk Cameron said that, that part was just like, "I love this about Christmas and this," and then there are people who don't love this about Christmas, and that's crazy. They're wrong. I'm pretty sure it would get through that, and they go, "No, we're turning this off." <laughs> nope, can't. I've I've, I've uh, disabled all the DVD players. Go buy more ones if you're so concerned about it, <laughs> and then I'll have one anyway. Just like Jesus would want you to. <laughs> You remember that? Remember when Jesus whipped all those moneylenders out of the temple because they shouldn't be lending money. They should be spending money on toys, on toys for kids. Their kids, not random kids. Yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> remember remember when Jesus was like, man, a rich guy is totally going to get into heaven like a camel gets through the eye of a needle. As long as that needle is huge and you bought a giant needle. Spend more money on needles. Buy giant needles. By giant nutcracker. Oh, God. That, remember that part in the movie where the guy was like had the snow globe, and then to make himself feel better about his snow globe nativity, he pulled a nutcracker over to it, and he was like, these nutcrackers are basically the soldiers of Herod. It's like, oh, these toy soldiers are like the soldiers that were going for Jesus. I love the coincidence of that. Like, you don't keep nutcrackers around the house because they represent Herod's soldiers. You keep them around because they represent that one, that they, one they ballet. They represent the fact that you need to crack nuts. <laughs> No one needs to crack nuts with a nutcracker. I my, need to my crack grandparents these on, nuts. The, my grandparents on one side were, were nutcracker aficionados, and their house was completely full of them. And the worst thing you could do is bring a walnut anywhere near them. <laughs> They'd be like, whoa, whoa, those are expensive. Don't don't use those to crack nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I think we're done here. Uh, what so, would you, the scale. Rating. 
We're going to have the rating one to five for each of us. That'll give us our rating out of ten. Jeff. Uh, 0.5. I feel like this also doesn't count as a movie. Okay. Uh, there, at no point was I able to figure out if this was supposed to be like a documentary or a drama or a series of vignettes. Uh, it The only saving grace is that it, it, it zips along because it's an hour and 20 minutes, but... Man, unless you need your blood pressure, like, are you super anemic? Do you have way too low of blood pressure? <laughs> Here's a movie you should watch. That's the only reason. It's like for medical reasons only. Yeah. That should uh, be like an advisory sticker on this thing. Please, for medical use only. Yeah. Please, please see your doctor before watching Saving Christmas. Uh, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna give it a point five two because the uh, the uh, fuck this the message is is it's the worst. Like. Like I said, the actual little stories he uses aren't terrible, but man, he is just just twisting everything about faith to justify what he wants it to. Yes. And it is horrible. There I can't are, stand it. There are so many Christmas, Christian movies out there that tell good faith start like have good end like uh, messages. The problem is this is essentially uh, all of those Christmas movies out there of business dad doesn't Christmas hard enough. Yeah. And it's like that if someone just told you the story of it. Like, instead of watching Business Dad realize that he needs to spend money on Christmas because Christmas is great, instead it was someone walks up to Business Dad and tells him he should like Christmas. Yeah, this would be like if uh, if Arnold Schwarzenegger's neighbor, the one who was, like, all into his wife's cookies, was just, instead of, like, you know, just plotting and being a side character in the movie, was like, Arnold, let's sit down and talk for, like, like an hour about why you're not Christmassy enough. Yeah, it. That's it. Like, that's the movie. That's the movie. No, no reindeer bites his butt. Sinbad's only in it because he's coded as gay. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole movie. Yeah. The God. It was so bad. So there we go. A one out of ten for saving Christmas. Yeah. It is. Whoo, baby, real bad. Yeah. I feel like we'll have to put a moratorium on more Kirk Cameron movies because this this episode wasn't very funny. No, God, I just. It made me so angry. And it's it's one of those movies that is not going to play to basically anyone that isn't a Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Because if you're not Christian, obviously you're going to watch this and go, okay, well, that was dumb. Uh, if you are Christian, you're going to watch this and go, okay, well, that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Kirk Cameron, you're going to go, well, that guy's a handsome gentleman and he's got the right idea. I like what he's putting down. Yeah, I also like hot chocolate to a weird degree. I also think it's hilarious that that pagans didn't invent hot chocolate. The weird thing to me is that the movie is so wrapped up in being what it is that like no one else would be able to enjoy this. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. So there you go, a one out of ten. Yep. So thank you so much. That was our holiday. For if, if you're still <laughs> listening at this point, I, I, because I would have been like, man, okay. The general consensus of this movie is that these guys hated it because it's stupid. All right, well, boy, they sure have a lot to say about that exact same topic. I'm turning this off. They are so angry about yeah. basically everything in this. This was just all catharsis, and I apologize that there weren't enough jokes. So don't worry. Assassin's Creed is winning in the uh, the movie in theaters now poll right now, and I'm sure that's going to be a hilarious joke, st- joke storm. So if you want to vote for that, just go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Go to our In Theaters Now tab. It's always there. We don't make a new thread for each month. It's just a new poll on that same page. So go there. You can vote. Like you said, uh, Assassin's Creed is winning right now, but 
Maybe you can change that. Who knows? Yeah, it seems unlikely, but but yeah, there's always a chance. So get on down there and make your vote known. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for listening, though. As always, we've been the uh, the movie mastery. Yep. So you can uh, suggest some more movies to us to watch. Please do not suggest any Kirk Cameron movies. <laughs> it's going to be all Kirk Cameron movies from now on. Uh, so you can do that on the website. Uh, you can do it through Reddit at r slash system mastery. That's the best place to do it is we have a, a thread there for afterthought movie or sorry, movie mastery movie recommendations that we, we store and use. So uh, as always, make those recommendations. Send us all your questions, your yep. emails. We've got uh, system mastery at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook. Get on there. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in a couple weeks for some in theaters now. But until that point, you have a happy holiday. <laughs>